0: So for everyone, when everyone was in it together where the
1: fuck did it all my it's hello everyone welcome to a new episode of no ride around more what's
0: up y'all
1: more <laughs> race recaps
0: <laughs> it's race season what do you want from us right you know what we'll do we'll we'll definitely have some little like fun stories in here for sure but dude it is it's 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 just on.
1: Huh. <laughs> it's Because uh, there was kind of, for me, there was a little, like my first race of the year was that mad gravel race. And then there's kind of a big gap. Yeah. Because the whole warrior cycling thing never happened. And I hadn't signed up for any of them, but I could have. Potentially would have. Um, but Ridgeline and Bear Creek didn't happen. It's a gap. A uh, big gap. And then, but now it's like, yeah.
0: firecracker you don't like hearing about bike races, stop yeah. listening to the podcast.
1: Just turn this one off.
0: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> just hit next. We're going to hit three of them. Uh, we had Nationals, then uh, Silver Rush 50, and then just most recently, um, I had to stop at the NUE, the High Cascades 100, um, out west. So yeah. Yeah.
1: so for the second time ever, because uh, it, it would have worked out in 2020 as well if racing had happened, um, where uh, Silver Rush – and Firecracker 50 were on split weekends. Right. Oftentimes in the past, and every, every year that I've ever paid attention to it, they're typically within a few days of each other. Too
0: close to do both.
1: Which right. makes doing both really hard.
0: You know, anytime that like you think about those things that move, like dates hmm. uh, or holidays or whatever, yeah. yeah, you're like, man, for the last I handful. well, yeah, dude, it's about a seven-year rotation. That's how this whole thing yeah, works. Totally. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. That's how that works. 100%. <laughs>
0: It's Uh, a calendar. Uh, We made it up,
1: but it's pretty reliable. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I mean, this was the you know the second year that in the history of me paying attention that you could do both because they're on separate weekends.
0: And And then they put this one. This is what made things a little weird. Then they put nationals in between, right in the middle. And that's because USAC had been kind of dragging their feet, waiting for what the climate, the COVID climate, was going to be like to even host nationals or have it or what were they going to do with qualifying and um it ended up all working out and I'll tell you this having been up there for you know I was there for three days of of the competitions and it was a bang-up job they crushed it and the energy was really cool I will tell you it was almost all racers it wasn't a ton of fans or 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 side people you know I was pretty much bike racers
1: I would have to guess that has a lot to do with uh the midweek nature of it all.
0: Well, it was midweek for, you know, for well, Collins' race and for yeah, my race. Yeah. But, you know, it's two, it's two weeks long. Yep. So the second week is always, high school.
1: I always forget that there, it's downhill. It's enduro. Yep. It, it's, it's all the things. Like, uh,
0: dual slalom is something I'm going to qual- try to qualify for.
1: Dual slalom is the coolest race format that exists. And <laughs> nobody, like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what the disconnect is with the, the racing or promoting community or whatever the case is. Um,
0: but they don't want to hear anything about it. Dude, it's so cool. Listen, it's a bike race that you don't really even ever pedal on. Yeah. It's, it's about your ability to push a bike, hold corners, and not use brakes. Well, and they are that's
1: the thing. That's the thing that blows my mind is they're 30-second races. It doesn't get much more, like, viewer consumable yeah, than that. It's awesome. Uh, it was the same thing with 4Cross, four four cross, uh, which was a thing way, way, way back. Um, you know, that uh, it, it just... For whatever reason, people just weren't feeling it, and it wasn't
0: a, a race format. Well, I'll tell you this: you know, nationals here at Winter Park was pretty easy because I guess you know I got to drive and have all my shit. But next year, I don't know where nationals is going to be. You know, it's not released yet, but wherever it is, I'll do it the way that a lot of the pro riders do, where they compete in multiple events. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I travel to it next year, which I which I will, uh, barring you know some other variant. Um, I will race XC single speed. I'll race the XC pro men. I'll race, uh, enduro. If I'm able to qualify for like, I'm going to do all of them. Just
1: do them all. You're yeah. there. Might You're as well. There. It's
0: just bike racing every day. Like hell, I'll maybe race the d- downhill. I, who knows? See what I qualify for. So, um, but yes. it's super fun, man. It's just, it's high energy. It's all stars and stripes, flags, and people are just out there to compete at their best. Yeah. Um, so I don't It was awesome.
1: So Again. we were in a, uh, the situation where we had, uh, myself, you, uh, Colin Donovan, a number of people, you know, a couple of episodes ago, we covered the riding and recovering in a racing block. Right. And this was that, I mean, um, I even made a comment to Colin. I was, you know, I, I, revisiting the fact that I didn't love how I did at Firecracker 50, um, I was pretty down on bike racing for about three days. And uh, some of that was the crash that I had and feeling sore. Some of it was not producing the results that I wanted to produce. I was like deep in some like existential emotions about bike racing. And, uh, you know, it it was part of it was like, you know, like this is bullshit. It's summer. I just wasted a week of doing fun bike rides because I have to recover for,
0: Silver Rush, dude, you're you're preaching to the choir, man. Like, the hardest thing about racing is is the prep work needed means you can't just go ride your bike for fun,
1: right? And that's that's a, that was a really hard pill for me to swallow when I was already in a bad mood about bike racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was it was not uh, it was not a happy place for me to be. Um, but even more so, like, so you didn't race Silver Rush, but and you. Didn't do the full 50 at Firecracker, but you threw down a race effort. It wasn't like you soft-pedaled at Firecracker. So you had to, like, would you have three days? Would you race yeah, so, on Friday? You know, so or Sunday th- no, you was, race on Thursday.
0: Firecracker. Yeah, I did. I used that as my last, like, tune-up for nationals. So I blasted my 25-mile lap as hard as I could go. I didn't hold anything back. But then I didn't ride a bike Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm super bummed on that, right? And then Wednesday, I got up to nationals to watch Donovan race, and then I rode for like an hour and 15 minutes because I was racing Thursday afternoon, which is the hardest thing to do. A uh, 4.30 p.m. race is like brutal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's and awkward. Then- it's an awkward weekend. Yeah. Two days of no riding after like a super stoked filled weekend of bike stuff. And then and then trying to go into like something that I held as a, as a really.
1: That was an know, important event for you. It was an like, important event. Like no
0: questions asked. Like, like, I wanted to win a national jersey. Yeah. You know. Um, got out of the bag. I used the term I wanted to win a national <laughs>
1: Yeah. Buried the lead a little bit there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, and, you know, we, we rolled into Silver Rush a handful of days or into Leadville a couple of days after that. And, um, all the guys that were there to race Silver Rush wanted the, uh, the recap. So and I even made a point. I was like, just so you guys know, like, now I have to pretend to be surprised when Justin and I actually cover this in an episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, I tell you what, I'm a little. um, You talked about when you're talking about firecracker. I, mean, I can't kind of be disappointed with where you finished. And you said I've done all this work. I do all this stuff. And I do all this stuff. And um, I've I've had a really good few years of some really like, stacking up really cool results. Like you know, finishing on podiums, and uh, to the point that it it's it's become an expectation that I have of myself Mm -hmm. and whether or not other people have it of me or not, like they're like, again, they don't really care. Like after the event's over and they're like, what place did you get? And if I say first or if I say 12th, they're like, cool. And then like, once that conversation's over, it's done for them. Yeah, You know? And so it's not like people are expecting me to win, but I expect that of myself. And so, uh, going to nationals knowing that every single person that's on that starting line, they also think they're, they're going to win. Nationals isn't a race you sign up for just to like, Just, I'm going to go and it's nobody's It's nobody's B race. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also not one of those, like, I'm just going to, because it's, yes, you can go do 20 miles. Congratulations. Like, it's not one of those that, I'm going to finish it. to 100, you go and accomplish that thing, you're probably not going to win, right? Uh, But you can feel damn good about accomplishing it, because it's one of those. Nationals Mm. is not that race. So everybody on the start line thinks that they're going to win. And I I relished. I, I like that but it also intimidates me. Mm-hmm. A bit. Um, so that's how I went into the race. I went into the race being like, I, I think I have done the work. I think I have the tools. I think I have the ability to win this freaking thing. Uh, I just know that everyone else thinks that also. So who's gonna be? Who's gonna be right? Who's gonna be right? <laughs> and um, I've been Strava stalking and internet stalking a little bit. Some of the guys that I knew that were racing. Um, and most importantly, this dude Mackie, this uh, pro for, yeah. for Niner. Yep, he was who I thought from the get I saw, the, you know, I saw who's registered I'll get the whole lineup and I go that's going to be the dude and then there was one other guy this kid Sam from segment 28 out of Durango um, that orange seal team and I was like and he's going to be the dude I knew that they were going to be the guys and their pedigree is a little stronger than mine I would say in the race in the race world so um, Sam for instance took 10th overall at the Firecracker 50 right uh, the, the weeks before So, you know, I, I, I knew that I was bringing, there were some hammers coming. So what's the best way to get rid of intimidation? Two ways, really. You can like turn and hide from it, which isn't going to work that well, or you can grab a baseball bat and you can beat intimidation across the freaking head. And that was the strategy that I was going to employ for nationals. So my strategy was, as soon as this race starts, I'm going to make, I'm going to plant my flag I'm hammering on these dudes. I'm going to take the whole shot. And so if I can take the whole shot and put them behind me, I can race my fastest. If I let them in front of me, I tend to start developing stories, right? Like even you, you and I go for a ride, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going like to call a spade a spade here. Like I'm faster at riding bikes than you are. Yeah. But if you're riding in front of me on a trail, even if we're on trail bikes, we're not racing. We're just riding bikes. If you're in front of me, I automatically start thinking things like, Man, that was a lot harder for me than it looked like for Harley. Harley seemed like he pedaled that thing super easily. Damn, like I'm struggling back here. Do I need fuel? Fuel? Do I need fu- like something not right. right? Like I start to get. Like what's wrong? It doesn't matter who it is. If anyone is in front of me on a bike ride or a race, I automatically think that they are feeling it easier than I am. Right. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know why it happens. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I, I know. I don't know if you I know, I, know, I know, the those, I know those
1: feels, bro. You do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, to kind of reference the gravel race uh, back in May, like you just see somebody, and it, it just looks so easy, dude. You know, like what the fuck? Yeah, why is this so hard for me, and why is this so easy for them? I'm and and going the same speed. They're just ahead of me. Yeah, I'm. I'm
0: convinced my gravel bike is broken because everyone seems to have such an easy time on their gravel (laughs) bikes. Like, I don't know. It seems like really hard for me. Matter of fact, when I drive home from here today. I'll see somebody at like, commuting home. They're riding on Franklin or yeah. by Wash Park. And they just seem to be just like, do, 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 do. Yeah. and I'm sitting there every time I commute. It's like, I'm not, this shit's uphill by the way. Yeah. Um, it's hard. <laughs> did you, did you get the memo? <laughs> like, so I knew that I couldn't allow myself to get into that spot. So I had to take the whole shot. Well, with call-ups, I was second row. So I'm um, second row and I got behind Sam and I'm like, all right, this kid's fast. And so i bet he's going to jump the whole shot. So it's, you know, three, two, one, go, race goes. Sam, like, I'm like, dude, the race went. Like, why are you not taking off? Um, And I end up bumping my tire into his rear tire and having to unclip my left foot and peg my foot on the ground, throw my foot back in, and I'm like, oh, hell no, this ain't going to happen. So within the first 10 pedal strokes, I swing to the far right in the second row, and then I just blast. And uh, you can go on YouTube right now and see it. It was actually a pretty phenomenal shot.
1: So it, it it's funny because uh, <laughs> everybody on the team has a perception of everybody else on the team, right? And, like, the perception is that Justin's badass. He wins races. And so one of our team members posted Mackie's video and was like, it's super cool. You can see Justin. And you're like, yeah, it's super cool. But, like, I have a whole other set of, like, unresolved emotions about this race that don't cover me giving a fuck about you being able to see my whole shot on YouTube.
0: Dude. <laughs> it, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. Stop humping Mackie's leg, okay? <laughs> For, it's so neat he did it. I'm going to beat his ass just putting it out there. And, uh, no, I don't want to see video footage of what didn't work anyway. Yeah. It
1: was meant in the nicest way, but you can say, I will say, and I, even I was a little guilty of it. Like I, I saw it, like I watched the video, you know, a week and a half later or whatever. And like with the understanding that like, this was a big thing for you and there's emotions associated with where you landed in the whole thing. It was still like Mackie has a huge YouTube channel and to see our Jersey, Like, pretty prominently displayed on a handful of occasions. Like, there's the podium shot. There's the whole shot that you got. Like, to see our
0: team kit on that... Is cool. Was cool.
1: Yeah. So, from that perspective, it was cool.
0: Yeah. So, what what, what you see in the video, and what I'm about to tell you, is that I knew I had to get out in front. So, I jumped to the side, and I... I mean, I nuked, dude. I'm on that new bike. It's freaking, what, four pounds lighter. It's a rocket ship. I'm running the oval up front, which... Uh, buy into it, folks. We're going to cover that one later. Um, so so I take off, and uh, I saw another video post on Instagram that showed it from another angle. But I had about a bike and a half to two bike lengths on the field, maybe a little bit more at one point. I mean, I blasted. I'll tell you what, I felt every bit of it. Like I felt it in my legs, I felt it in my lungs, I felt it in my soul. And so we get to the top of the fire road climb, and it banks right, it flattens out a tiny bit, and then it jumps onto single track. And you know, uh, Sam had tried to pass me at that point and I blocked him. Like I just I mean I just literally turned my bike in front of him, blocked him. We got on a single track, I blocked him and then I thought, okay, I'm going to bring the tempo of this thing down, right? Like if I'm first in single track, I can bring the tempo down and recover a little bit and then I get we get to run at my speed and if I'm in the front if I'm in the front going into the downhill, then I'm going to get a gap and then I just got to build that gap. That was the whole strategy was. Don't be intimidated by taking the whole shot. Get to the downhill first. And then build your gap on your skill set, which is stronger. Um, I don't care what their pedigree is. My down, my down. I already know my downhill's faster. Like, mm-hmm. That's just how I feel. Well, we get to single track, and somehow Sam turns into a Spider Monkey and passes me on the high side of a trail, um, which I didn't think I could be passed. So he passes me, and he starts to kind of pull away. And I'm like, son of a bitch! And I'm like, trying to hold his wheel. And I'm like, ah, he's kind of he's, he's three feet away, and then five feet away, and then so it's moving a little bit. And then, uh, this kid, Tim from Arizona, he's behind me. He goes, don't let him gap us. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know I'm trying. It's called a race. And then Mackie's behind him. They end up passing me both, uh, starting to pull away. I end up passing back Tim. And so I'm in third place by the time we get to this downhill and I'm like 20 seconds off the front in third. And that was pretty much the race. Mm-hmm. So for the rest of the race, those guys were 20 seconds ahead, 25 seconds ahead, 30 seconds ahead, a minute, back to 45 seconds, but there were a gap that I just couldn't quite bridge. And then third or fourth place rather just kept getting further and further behind on me. And so I ended up racing the rest of that race, it was four total laps, it ended up being, you know, just about twenty-two miles. <clears throat> Twenty-one miles. I raced the whole thing pretty much alone. Yeah, kind of uh, the one proud moment that I have. Uh, it's not the finish. I got third place. There you go. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> the one proud thing that I have is that I I told myself that anything can happen. And knowing Sorry. this is Mackie, Mackie's first year racing single speed, um, and Sam's he raced nationals in 19 single speed also. So he's got some years on it, but dude, you can blow a rear wheel like that on a single speed. Like it is easy to implode your bicycle because of the beating that they take. So like, just stay in it. Cause anything can happen. Yeah. So even if I looked at my heart rate data, like I stayed in it, my, I negative split one lap, like I was, I was on it. And, uh, even into the final lap, I stayed in it and stayed engaged, stayed totally like spot on racing as hard as I could. I will tell you, I did have in my head, I go, man, maybe those two, like, they could crash each other out. If they crash each other out, then I, you know, like, and I don't ever want to think ill of that. But, I mean, I also want to jersey. Like, I want to win. Spike so, race. Crashing happens. Yeah. Well, sure enough, it did. Those two crashed at the very end of the race going into a sprint finish. Those two crash each other out. Um, but at that point, they're like 100 yards from the finish line.
1: Sam crashed. Like, so, I watched the video. Yeah. And knowing that you had already told me about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just race in front of you people.
0: Yeah, like, don't, don't race was, in the rear view.
1: Yeah, and, and that was what happened. And Mackie, to his credit, was the consummate sportsman. It was like, it's nobody's fault. Like, I swung out to get around him, and he looked back. He looked back yeah. and swerved into Mackie, yeah. stacked them both down on the ground hard. It looked like a hard slam. Well,
0: so if you look at the podium picture, um, you see Mackie on the top box, no one on number two. You see me at three, no one on four, and you see the guy at five. Um, Sam was in the hospital with concussion. He didn't race the rest of the weekend, and Mackie, as a matter of fact, was so banged up, he tried to race enduro, didn't feel it, and he pulled enduro, pulled short track, or he did race short track, but not well, pulled out of the XC, uh, XCL. Like, he he pulled out because of his injuries. So, I mean, they so went down.
1: They were right by each other, right? Yeah, like, the whole forward. race. And... Sam was clearly so shaken up that so again, just watching the video that Mackie posted, his handlebars were at a 45 degree angle to his wheel. Oh yeah. He had time, like Sam was so out of it that there was no penalty to him getting up and trying to straighten
0: his bars enough that he could pedal across. Like, yeah. That dude went down. He went fucking hard. He was messed up. So I come through the finish line like, you know, two minutes later, and they're all covered in blood and tore up, and <laughs> medical's talking to Sam, and I'm like, my dream came true. But y'all need to do that like two miles (laughs) earlier, Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I mean, I would rather them get hurt and we win national championship than not. But, uh, well, and so,
1: you know, we've talked about this a hundred times, um, both on the podcast and just to, to one another. Like it's easy because we're all so critical of ourselves, like to not, uh, acknowledge your accomplishments and like, Okay, sure. Yeah, you've been riding bikes for a long time, but you've been racing as a pro for all of a season yeah. or two seasons? Two seasons. So, like, to be at nationals and competitive, like, don't take too much. Like, I know it wasn't the jersey that you wanted, but a third place for your second year racing as a pro is, like, still worthy
0: of feeling good about. You know, I, uh, I, So I definitely was in the playbook and searching for silver linings for sure. And uh, I used the data, right? The same way I told you to look at the data from Firecracker. And you're like, yeah, but they were marginal here and marginal there. So uh, yeah, but it's numbers. Um, And you can find wins in those. So I dug into the numbers. And the course was exactly the same in 19 as it was in 21. Uh, I was 11 minutes and 20 seconds faster in 21 than I was in 19. Yeah. So, and we're talking about a race that like my time was an hour 38, um, at nationals this year, right? I was an hour 49 and change, uh, in 19, um, 19, I finished seventh this year with the time, if I would have ran the time I ran this year in 19, I won nationals first place. Um, Sam was third that year. So like, I, I looked at that and I'm like, okay, I can feel pretty cool about that, um, I just had, you know, I'll tell you what it did. It made me hungry. It didn't like bum me out where I'm like, man, this sucks. I'm not going to do, like, first off, I will be there in 22 and I don't care who's coming. You better bring your rockets because I'll be even more primed for it. I even know more now what I need to do to be explosive for those 20 miles, right? Even though hundreds are my discipline for the most part. But uh, it made me hungry and that hunger spilled over into, the next of it, the High Cascades 100, which was a week and a half later, no, a week and two days later, so nine, ten days later. Um, it made me hungry. And I needed that because it's been a successful couple of years, and this year's been super successful.
1: Well, and it's funny, um, and I can't wait to talk about High Cascades because it's going to tie into another thing that I think is kind of both hilarious, funny, and cool. Um, but, you know, Like, you've been racking up the first places. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, like, I posed the question, and I don't even know if I said it to you, but I was like, does it ever get boring winning? (laughs) And, like, the answer is almost definitely not. Um, But it sounds like it can breed a degree of complacency. Totally. Right? Like, you can show up to any one of the NUE races and be like, I mean, I'm probably going to win.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and that's not to take anything away, but like, you are hyper-focused. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shelling responsibilities in all other areas of my life right now for this one. <laughs> There's no such thing as balance. <laughs> okay. It's, unless it's balancing it's, on the yeah. bike to go win a race. No, it is totally as tilted as possible. Um, this is not a fleet of battleships. This is like a kayak. okay? right. right. Uh, but, no, yeah. More good came from getting that third yeah then then bad because it's been
1: a uh, it's been a minute since you weren't on the top step and so right like again not to say that winning isn't cool every single fucking time but it can kind of get it sounds like it can get you to a place where you're just like yeah i'm probably gonna win
0: yeah i um i i was happy for the hunger because the and when we when we talked about the hunger stayed with me for sure uh Definitely stayed with me. Now, it took me a couple days to get there. And I'll tell you what was the coolest thing was, uh, you know, uh, my uncle was at nationals with me. And it was nice. to kind of sit and bond over that. him being so responsible for me racing. We covered that many times over. But uh, the next event was, was his event and your event and the team's event. And I went immediately from being like the racer. I went automatically from racer right to support dude. And it did more for me getting over like eating that humble pie, swallowing the humble pie, digesting the humble pie. I Me mean, like, all right, this turd's coming out shiny now, right? <laughs> uh, because I got busy with you guys and it yeah. was super fun because silver rush was freaking awesome.
1: Yeah. We had, um, I, uh, so we don't have to go through a whole crazy thing. We did another team dinner. Uh, Rob hosted it. It was a good deal. It was awesome. The big, so I rolled into town, um, so you had called me right as a is it Independence Pass you go over? Yeah. To? Okay, so like you called me Not right Independence
0: Pass, but you, uh, uh, what is it? It was Climax Mine. So whatever. Minus. Anyway, yeah.
1: I was going. To, I just started the, going out over the pass from Copper to Leadville. and you called me, and you're like, "Hey, here's this, here's this. Can I meet you in town? Da da da. This is the plan." And then I lost reception because T-Mobile sucks. Um, <laughs> and then. My phone started ringing and, and I, I just answered it. And I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, what's up? I, I just lost you over. The, and it was, it was not you. It was my wife. And, uh, she was calling to deliver some, some kind of bad family news. Um, and that was that one of our nephews had passed away, super tragic. Um, and it tilted me a little bit. Um, and it wasn't because I was close to him, but because people that I am close to were close to him. And I felt a lot of weight, in that regard. Um, and it like shut me down. Like yeah. the first hour and a half I was there, I was just like, man, I don't I, like, I didn't vocalize this to you. Cause I knew in no scenario was I not going to race. But for like a while, I was just like, man, can I like clear my head enough of the worry for my wife and my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, the grandpa's, the grandma's like, can I get that respectfully out of my head to focus on what I have to do? And that, that was a big hurdle for me to get over,
0: and you had to do it all alone because I am a terrible friend with like I don't <laughs> have a lot of experience with loss, yeah at all I mean Abby um you know lost her mom, and even like you know I care about Abby more than any other human on the planet, and I don't even know how to you know like um really understand that level of loss because i I just have been fortunate enough i haven't no, had you it, haven't you had, you know. had it yet, yeah so um so I was like. Hey, uh, dude, I'm sorry, man. Uh, well, and then we just walked quietly.
1: <laughs> and no, so, so two really impactful things happened for me um, at before the team dinner and um, at the, or after we ate and before we all kind of like went our separate ways to kind of get in the headspace to go race. Um, and the first one was I could tell you were like really grasping at that like friend, coach spot and you started to say one thing and it came out all fucked up, and there's like, anyway, this book, effortless. <laughs> like, and you told me about that. Um, and you covered it in, in the, the Firecracker 50 race recap um, about the effortlessness of the thing. And, um, you know, all it is is like, get to the start line and from there, just race the bike. Um, that super, 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 super stuck with me. Um, for the entirety of my Silver Rush day, um, and the other was you did like a very like handholdy kumbaya kind of like yeah that was some hippie shit. Let's all well we were in the hippie house. We were <laughs> in the hippie house. Full uh, disclaimer:
0: it is titled the hippie house. Yeah,
1: um, there's a really cool spot to to rent in 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 Leadville called the hippie house, guys. Um, if you partake in the uh, in the ganj in, in marijuana, <laughs> there's bongs, grinders, like. There's, I think there's house weed. There's house pies It's free. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I won't yuck somebody else's yum. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you did this, like, we should all just, like, share a thing that, like, an insecurity or a concern. Um, and in the moment, I was like, ah, Justin, like, uh, I have way too much social anxiety for this bullshit anyway. <laughs> um, but not only did it really allow me to like vocalize to somebody like, you know, that I, my concern is like not being able to get in race mode. You know it. I don't have to tell you we've been doing this together for too long for you to not know it. Um, and so there's almost like, it, it almost doesn't exist because nobody else on the team knows that insecurity. Right. Um, and so in having to, 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 I couldn't just bullshit that. Like, I couldn't be, oh, I'm worried about it raining. Yeah. Like, it had to be a real thing, right? Because yeah. everybody else was going to be real. Um, and it wasn't going to be easy for anybody because we're a bunch of fucking idiot dudes, like, super in touch with our insecurities. And then also saying it to a room full of other guys <laughs> really isn't in the wheelhouse. Um, and so um, I was just like, that was a, that was a, a, a big thing just to know. Not so much that like, you know, Evan was intimidated by the downhills he hadn't ridden before or, um, you know, Shane was worried about the, the bigness of the race. Like, you know, it wasn't knowing that those were the things that freaked them out, but it was just the knowledge that like all these guys who up to that point were just super confident guys going to do a bike race, like had insecurities that I had too. Yeah. Or you know, different insecurities. But like it wasn't just as like this effortless thing for them. Like it was going to take some work for everybody to get through the day. Um, and so those were two really big things that, you know, again, like I, I thought about the family all day throughout the day, um, but not to a detriment. Um, I had the best bike race I think I've probably ever had.
0: Dude, that was <laughs> this was the this was the cowbell moment in your racing to uh, at least in the last couple of years yeah you know like you'd felt really good with some of the highlands ranch stuff last year but then state kind of swallowed it a little bit yeah. and so there was a kind of eh, but uh you ran an amazing race i felt and not you know, bit, i just said amazing race like
1: <laughs> the fuck was that a tv show or something Arnett or net or something um show. but i mean honestly you know uh my, one of my struggles, just being that focus, that in the momentness of, I'm at a bike race. I need to focus on this bike race. Um, you know, a big thing was just like kind of latching onto the mantra of effortless all day long, like just having that like in my head all day. Like, not to say that it wasn't hard because it was fucking hard. No, I rode twenty. <laughs> I rode the
0: out of that course the day
1: before. It had nothing easy about that race. Um. But effortless is, a, I think, in this uh, scenario, I think effortless is a state of mind. Um, it, and maybe a different way to put it would be just to execute, but that, that still puts a heavier weight on, on the word than effortless. Effortless, for me, it kept everything feeling light and doable. Um, and uh, I, 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 I can't recall a time. In a 50 mile race that I felt better. That's just huge. It felt like a like it felt like a breakthrough race for me.
0: And you did it, you both with speed and heart rate, you did a sprint finish. Dude. Like you were able to tap in. So I
1: uh talk to myself a lot at the end of races. Is it out loud or is it inside? Oh, it's fucking out loud. If anybody <laughs> was close to me, they would have been sitting there going, like, this guy needs to talk to yeah, This dude needs a fucking friend. Or,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like, it was, it was all the way out loud. But, I mean, so the Silver Rush 50 course is deceptive in that um, in your head, the first 10 miles are uphill and the last 10 miles are downhill. Mm-hmm. That is quite simply just not the case. <laughs>
0: like, Colorado downhill is
1: different than uh, everywhere else downhill. So a lot of it is downhill, sure, but it's not easy. It's not like a, you know a fire road downhill. But in your head, it is because in the climb, it's not super technical. But trying to go down that shit fast when you're tired is a whole other fucking thing. Um, and there's some like. We've talked about a number of times, like when you're on the bike path and they turn you up into those, is it the college trails? Is that what they're called? Uh, They turn you up into the college trails to do that last little climb and loop you back around for the, for the finish line. We've talked about that. And compared to the other climbs at the end of the race, those are nothing. But at the end of that race, there's, there's the, the section by the motocross track. That's all uphill. That's all uphill. It's 3%, but it's uphill. It's uphill. And that's a lot to ask. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Everybody does it. Crush the end of your bottle at the top of the downhill. Right. So, like, um, yeah, so it, all through the – so I'm trying to think. Probably I've had a couple of crashes. So I had, like, I'm definitely nursing a crash hangover. So for a lot of the descent, I was really just kind of focusing on vision and just, like, really, like, focusing on that. But when it started to have to climb back out, I was all the way talking to myself because you're so close to the end. You could phone in the last four miles. And I was just like, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. Come on, come on. Like, but out loud. (laughs) Well, you needed to because your goal time, which was a
0: stretch goal time. I mean, it was my goal time. time. It was, yeah, it was a minute and change. Yeah, but it was close. But the goal time was Forty-five minutes faster than your fastest time.
1: Yes, yeah. So in 2017, um, I did a 7:15, and you set a goal time for me uh, of 6:30, which it would would have. I mean, forty-five minutes is forty-five minutes. Yeah, it was still seventy still seven thousand four hundred feet of climbing. It was still fifty miles. um, You know, and. Yeah, I mean, it, you, like, you could see where I'm descending, and I was like, no, like, you need to fucking go. <laughs> and I, I took this as a huge compliment from another guy. He's like, thanks for that push at the end. Like, I didn't even know I was pushing him. I was just pushing me. <laughs> and I guess he was just in close enough contact to see me like flip that switch and be like, no, like, you got to put in the effort now because you were so close to your goal time. That was
0: awesome to watch that happen. And then and to see how close you were, you come through the and you go, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go over here and die now. Okay? I had laid down on the
1: ground for a minute. <laughs> but, I mean, I really, like, uh, the last, I don't know how long the section is through the college trails, but the last climb to the fire or to the, to, so there's a the last, like, fire road climb by the, the dirt bike track that puts you out onto the bike path that then puts you onto the college trails to the finish i pushed as hard in that
0: as i did in the first hour of the race and your heart rate showed it too yeah which when we talk about that for those of you that don't understand when you when you're out of it mentally emotionally you can't get your heart rate up like you can try and then you think you but you think you're trying hard and you look down and you're like dude my heart rate's not even up yeah. when you can get your heart rate up you're still in it you're racing
1: yeah um Some big things for me, like just experiential things, um, especially when, you know, it's so easy for me to remember low points, like state championships uh, last year, which I did not go to with the expectation of winning state champs. I just wanted to go do a bike race. Um, That day was like the lowest of lows. And like, er like I just felt like I was going backwards all day. Like, and I was, I think I did finish like last in the whole fucking race. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It was not good. Um, But at Silver Rush, like, once the initial sorting had happened, um, I passed more than I got passed, and I, like, stayed with the people that I was racing with. Um, So that was super cool. Um, And then I... I I ate so much. And by I ate, I mean drank because mm-hmm. I don't – we're not doing – We're not chewing anymore. Not chewing anymore. That's for – that's bullshit. But, man, like, you just can't eat enough in those. And I think in eating, you know, in taking in fuel throughout the whole day super consistently gave me the ability to, like, hit again at the end.
0: Yeah. You know, the the – the thing with fueling, like when we were chewing and you took down like 150 calories an hour, say like a waffle, that was, that was good. Like, oh, I had this this hour. I had a goo pack at that hour. I had a shot box this hour. When we're drinking these bottles and taking down like 300 calories an hour, what I find is that you're re- you really are refueling the amount of calories you need to be able to keep charging. And it's like there, there's no drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's just remarkable.
1: And it's it's kind of crazy too, just the way your brain works. Like the, your your brain stomach muscle connection. Mm-hmm. I st- the cramp monster started on me um, on the last climb. Well, not the last climb because there's still that shitty fire road climb. But the last climb to the shitty fire yeah, road. Yeah, climb. yeah, in the woods. The woods. In the climb, woods. Yeah. Like the 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 inner thigh. Those are the the adductors. Start screaming on you. Oh, dude, they started locking up. But dude, your brain. In your stomach and your muscles, like, your brain can convince your muscles of some crazy shit if you give your stomach the right stuff. And, like, they started creeping in, and I just, like, slammed half of a bottle. And, like, all the signaling changed. It was like, oh, no, you can just keep doing what you need to do. Like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's... Um, but it was, a, it was a great day. And we had another... I mean,
0: we had... no Ryder on blew the bricks off the whole... Yeah. We took... Rob wins. So, Rob wins single, single speed. Top box. <laughs> with... with so <laughs>
1: getting went lost. off course.
0: This guy. <laughs> <laughs> this like, time he like looked down at a bottle or something. Like I'm beginning to notice a trend here. Yeah. So um so Rob wins single speed, even with going off course. Yep. Elander takes second in the whole race. Yeah, second overall. And
1: those boys were fucking flying. What was Dude. it? What was
0: his like three forty something? Three forty five. Fuck off! He was so fast. In um, as much as okay, so he was the second fastest human being on that race course. Yeah. Right. And he even got done. He was like dissecting his data and finding reasons that, like, why he wasn't a minute faster here or, or whatever. Or yeah. like more so, he was like talking about how he was he was like lucky to get second. Yeah. Well, if this guy didn't flat and if that guy didn't crack, uh, and I'm like, dude, that's bike racing. Yeah. Not like. People flat, people crash, people do this, people do like that is bike racing. So whatever the finish is, that is the finish. So sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's good. And this is like a no Brian, you were the second fastest human being on that race course. Kudos to you. Freaking giant feet. And you know, you got a Leadville coin because of it. Yep. Which was awesome. Yeah,
1: so we had I think almost everybody hit their their goal. Everyone hit their goal.
0: And then a lot of people jumped on their goal. Jeff Murphy. 4th in his field so yeah. no bo- no podium. Yeah. 4th in his field but was 12th overall. Yeah. In the whole race, 12th yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Like huge. Huge. Yeah. Massive. When huge. I saw him come through the aid station, so Elanor comes through yeah. and I'm like, "All right, and I'm trying to think of like who's going to be the next one through." And then I see our jersey and I see Jeff and I'm like, "My god, Jeff, you're like only a handful of minutes back. Like whoa, you're flying." Yeah. Um he had he was racing with a pack. He was like self-sufficient racing. Yeah. So I didn't have anything for him except for your refrigerator full of Red Bulls. Yeah, And so I offered everybody a Red Bull. No so one took him except for Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I cracked it and I run alongside of him and he swigs like half to two-thirds of that Red Bull. Um, and I guess he needed it because boy had wings. And, and not for nothing, I uh,
1: you offered it to me and I wanted it so bad. But everything, like I had that balance of everything. And I didn't want to risk fucking it up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Everything's really good right now. I should just, like, nothing sounded better. Right. But I just, I I, I waved it off. Um,
0: <laughs> Probably uh, for the best. We'll just oh, assume yeah. it's for the I best. mean, it worked out. So, yeah, uh, um, so he, so, yeah he did. Um, Dan and Shane came through, like, together.
1: Yep. They were they together. Raised, dude, I saw Dan, and he's like. He We joked about it. He's like,
0: you saw me at my lowest point. Oh, yeah. he's He said that to me, too, when he came through. He said that you saw him there. He was just all the way out. <laughs> he, but it was he short-lived. Was, he was off, and he was
1: walking. But, like, that's, you know, again, to, to a point you made last episode, like, or maybe it was, I don't know. Like, these big events, like, five or six hours out on a bicycle. There's or, drama. There's a lot of, yeah, there's drama. There's right? drama. Like, you yeah. have
0: to navigate some drama. Yeah. And, uh... And the best racers don't let it crush them, right? Yep. And that's really—that's really the you, know, you, you got to practice doing that, right? Yeah. But um, he had a little bit of drama, Yeah. and uh, it was just enough drama for Shane to catch back up and then pass him. <laughs> and Dan's like, "Oh hell no!" and catches back up, and those two finish at the same, like finish on each other. Yeah, they race. rode
1: in together. Uh, then I think it was Bardo, then Dan, um, and then I was. I, my one another really big takeaway for me is that i was close to dan's time yeah you were right there too like i mean it was still 20 something minutes but like that was that was another like good moment just to like be like man like i finished close to somebody who is fast fast Fast, dude um so and then evan completed his and i think his goal was just to finish yeah that's Um, the biggest race he's ever done i mean having done that race before with a similar time to what he did, like it's no
0: mean feat. Like that's a people. There's this like thing that the silver rush 50 is like the level 100 without all the easy parts in it. And that always threw me for a loop because I assumed the first time I did silver rush, then that it was the same course, just without the flat parts. not a single piece, not Not, one pebble. There's not one pebble (laughs) that are related. Like they're on opposite sides of everything. the same postal code, but (laughs) that's it. And, uh, but the, to that point, the Silver Rush Fifty is a more and it's albeit it's shorter, so you can't tell me that a six and a half hour race is as hard as a nine and a half hour race. Like you're just not gonna you, know, you can't argue that because hours are hours. Yeah. Um, but it is much more intense. Than that more like demanding. It's a more intense course, and yeah. so if you finish it, then you can feel confident that I bet you I could finish that too.
1: If you finish Silver Rush, you're finishing Ludville. Right. I mean the the cognitive and I think that's what probably talking about, like the, yeah. the, like the mental strain of what Silver Rush is because there's no soft tosses
0: yeah it's all right? it's all up, it's all, all up it's
1: all down there's not a lot of spots to just like sit in um, I kind of forgot or didn't realize maybe it's a really really good course
0: oh no it's a sweet backcountry high out like when you finally top out. Um, you are way up there with 360-degree views. Yeah. I mean, I may
1: – who knows what the future holds for another Leadville 100 after this year, but Silver Rush is so good. So much so, I t- like I told Colin, I was like, man, if you ever want to do any Leadville race series, bike race, you should do Silver Rush because it's a really good course.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I will be out there actually – uh, this weekend we're hiking for E3. We're doing our 14er this weekend and we're doing Sherman from the Leadville side. Mm-hmm. And we're starting at Iowa Gulch, which is what you, you wrote up it. I'm going to drive to it yep. and then <laughs> lamely walk up a 14er for <laughs> no reason than other pure servitude to the people that I care about. But, um, debating on taking a mountain bike cause you can mountain bike down Sherman riding up. It would be a bit of a zoo. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, bombing down, would be pretty down. sweet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll see. But uh, the whole area, that's awesome back there. It's so good.
1: Um, so that was Silver Rush. Um, yeah, Elander got a coin.
0: Everyone uh, got a coin.
1: Yeah, everyone, everybody that was seeking, everybody that wasn't in.
0: Yeah, everyone got a coin that. <laughs> Shane gold.
1: sent a picture that looked like the most like, I'm mad that I have this. Like, he sent a, co- a picture of him holding the coin, but
0: it looked really unenthused. E right but now, I know he's excited. He right now is so sideways because he had planned his year to race this, you know, this fifty and then now a hundred just got thrown in front of him. But yeah, like when you do I say no. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh okay. Well, so one of the last
1: 100. things I saw when I was packing up and leaving and driving off was him getting called up and literally the trot- like dancing over yeah, to get did you his see coin. He
0: high-stepped, he <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. to to Ken to get his coin. Yeah, like, who, Ken knows who no right on is now. He does now. He like came over to the van, hanging out with us. Yep. Um, so, again, much like Firecracker, everyone's at the finish line. Everyone's celebrating, everyone cheering. Yep. And so uh, yeah, there's, there's not going to be a secret. I, I, I'll argue that at the level 100 – with the exception, like we had said, for a first descents team because a yeah. big charity team, we'll probably be the most jerseys on course. Yeah, I mean they have forty or fifty, but we'll probably have twenty or twenty-five. Well, we're going to have a lot of people on that course more yeah. than more than what I would argue any other team is going to have, and at the finish line it's going to be cool. So we're locked and
1: loaded. Leadville's in. By the time this episode goes out, we'll probably be at Leadville.
0: Be pretty close to it.
1: Um, so it's crunch time for that, um, but. In the midst of all that hoopla, you had Bend. Yeah, so what's it called? I kept wanting to call it Lumberjack. I think it's just because I'm like this bottle's in front of you. there, looking at it, and it's definitely so the, not.
0: Yeah, the High Cascades 100. It's another NUE. Another NUE. Uh, I'd never been there before. Never raced it. I've never been to Bend, Oregon. Beautiful. Um, pain in the ass to get to. Yeah, there's no easy way. No, like everywhere. But I was telling my buddy about that. He lives over in Portland, and are like, yeah, hey, you should come by. And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm like, dude, it looks like it's like a two-hour drive. He's like, yeah, it's two miserable hours, though.
1: Yeah, you drive. You have to drive up over Mount Mount Hood, whatever. Yeah, it's a big deal. And then shoot south. I mean, I've done it.
0: He goes, wait until you get out there. He goes, everybody has a camper or adventure van. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, because there's no easy way to travel. So everyone drives. So everyone's got vans. Um, All right. So um, I orchestrated my route, whatever. I flew to Boise and then got a car from my dad and drove there. And uh, I'll tell you this. So Bend, Oregon, I can separate it into two spheres, okay? I'll talk about the mountain biking first. If you want to go to Bend just to mountain bike, um, you could save yourself a ton of travel <laughs> and money and all the stuff, and just go ride all the wooded sections of Buff Creek. Because yeah. it's almost exactly the same trail as what you experience out at Buff Creek in the trees. So- pine, um, it's sandy, yeah, it's, it's sandy, single track. Yeah, it's yeah. it Now that said, their trail builders are amazing. Like they have great, like very well built, you know, some of our single track here, like I rode North Table today, right? And some of it just gets so blown open just from heavy use that it's not like ribbon, right? And it's blown. So they have really beautiful single track, but I'll argue there's a lot of places at Buff Creek that are like that in the trees also. So you don't want to travel, you just want to go for mountain biking, just go to Buff Creek for the weekend and save a ton of money, bring a cooler. Um, The town of Bend, however, is like, it's the coolest. You know, now you can't have a um, a deep connection to money. You have to be willing to let go of it very easily because there's no shortage of like there are bowl restaurants all over. Uh, acai bowls, salad bowls, grain bowls, vegan bowls. Like if you're willing to spend 15 bucks on a bowl of food, you are going to be the happiest person ever in Bend, <laughs> Oregon. So we had awesome food, awesome all the bowls, all the restaurants we went to. Like we had Thai food the night before the race. Like all The town is sweet. So, um, that aside, uh, I appreciated being able to go out there to experience that Um, because most of these NUEs are in the middle of nowhere. So, they don't have like this cool vibe. Most of them don't. Um, But the race itself, I went into it. uh, I'm looking at the numbers and it says, you know, it's 100 miles, but only it's showing like only 8,600 feet of elevation gain. Which maybe sounds crazy, but that's almost how much you did at the Silver Rush in half the miles. Yep. So I'm looking at it, I'm going, this doesn't seem very steep. So I I immediately start like second guessing my gearing, because my gearing's set for Colorado. Right. Right. You're
1: racing single speed, racing all, single speed, all the NUEs.
0: All of them, yeah. So um, I'm like, well, man, maybe I should change my gear. So I get in town on Thursday, build my bike Thursday, um, we just go get grub. Friday, we're we're out and about and I'm trying to ask bike shop dudes, like, hey man, do you single speed? Hey, do you know what guys run, run? Like I'm trying to get some beta and uh, I'm not getting great information. Like this is one kid from Wisconsin, uh, this wrench at at Sagebrush, which was the sponsored shop. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I run this. And his numbers didn't even make sense, what he said. He's like, but I haven't ridden single speed for a few years and I'm like, okay. So I'm going to leave, kind of not sure what to do. And I bump into this guy who recognizes me. He's like, oh, hey, Justin. And I don't, I don't recognize him. But um, we start chatting. And he goes, you racing single? I go, yeah. I go, are you? And he's like, I usually do, but I'm racing geared um, this year. Oh, you're the man I need to talk to. Hey, what gearing do people run out here? And that's when I found out people run like a two to one. Because right. it's pretty shallow climbing. Yeah. Two to one for me means like I need to go 3417. So I need to make a shift. So go back to the condo, get the bike, get the, get the cogs, come back to the shop, make the shift. And we go out, we pre-ride. And on the pre-ride, I'm like, yeah, this is manageable. This is pretty good. And then on the pre-ride, I'm like, this might not be manageable. Like I got to talk a techie rock section. Then oh, I think this is pretty good. And then somehow I forgot how to do math because I'm like, wait, it's 3417, a two to one, which it most definitely is. Uh, but I'm convinced myself, maybe I need to put the 18 on. So I'm having like this doubt, right? Uh, fortunately, we have... A team. So I shoot uh, single speed Rob. Yeah. A couple of text messages. And he's like, well, what do you think? And I'll go, can you do me a favor? Because you're a nerd. Um, and I just sent him the... Dude, there is
1: not a question about single speeds that he doesn't know the answer to. Dude, it's to.
0: awesome. So I just sent him the link to the GPS yeah. for the race. And I go, "We well, you just look through this whole r- race and see what you would do. So he goes and he maps it all out. And he's like, you have this climb here and you have that climb and this percentage. He goes, dude, I think you're good with the 17. That's all I needed to know. So... Ran the biggest, I haven't run that year since 2019 Arizona, yep. which is flatter than a pancake. And uh, I'm going to go with it. So race starts at 530 in the morning. Amir, who is, you'll meet him at La Ruta, uh, formally, but um, he's out there. He's racing the men's masters 50 plus. He's got one win for the NUE this year already. Super fast, dude. We get up, we get rolling. It's a 5:30 race start, and you do the thing that you always do. It so this was the first mass field start um, that they've had since the COVID era in the Oregon area. Because all wave starts, right? yeah. So they're super jacked on it, right? So there's uh, 350 racers at the start lines, 5:30 in the morning. It's freaking cold, and uh, you know I'm doing all my warm up stuff, and then get to the start line, and I'm weaving through, and as I'm weaving through, I'm trying to find all the other single speed guys because there's 19 in the field. So we even through and I, and I find a dude and I'm like, okay. And he put his position himself at the very front. So like if you put yourself at the front, like you probably know, it's fast so I'm like, all right, he's probably fast. And he's like 150 pounds soaking wet with like quarters in his pockets, right? So uh I go, that's probably my dude. And uh 321 race starts. Well, the race starts with an eight-mile run out. So we're on a pace vehicle on, on the road for five miles, turns into a dirt road for a few miles. And then the race, like, really, really starts. It turns right onto some double track, and it goes as hot as you can imagine. Like, like, it's like everybody took twenty twenty bottled up, and exploded through their feet. This thing tore off. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm going to hang on. Right? That was my plan. So I hang on, and as I'm hanging on, I thought I was already in first place. As I hang on, I pass this dude. His name's Steven. And uh, I end up passing him, and I look at him, and he's out of the saddle and just heroing his bike up the hill just like fighting with it and I go okay, so I kind of packed my lungs a bit sat down in the saddle and just hammered past him seated because I just wanted to be like that's what I got today come yeah. with it So I pass him and uh, hung on and I stayed in the top 15 riders until we got to single track started doing some switchback climbs and they just naturally were able to pull a little bit away because I'm kind of fighting the switches and I uh, found myself in something like the top in the top 15. Uh, about mile thirty, okay, so they had eight drops. you could do drop bags. We had eight at forty eight and sixty eight so I had two bottles of carbon rocket from the start until we get to mile forty eight which seems like a a long stretch, uh, but the way the course set up the first Probably pretty fast, yeah they were pretty. it was pretty quick so uh, we get to this to an aid station I'm like hey, there are drop bags They're like no it 's the next one. You get to the next aid station, hey, are these are the drop bags no it 's the next one I'm like okay, well. Got where it was at, you know. Um, at about that time, around mile 30, that's the last time I saw another biker. Two geared guys were with me. We're on a fire road, and they pull away. Yeah. And I don't see anyone else until the finish line. I raced the last 70 miles all the way alone, like all alone. And I'm telling you, this is like backcountry. It's a national forest that shoots national forest. So like, yeah. there's nothing. I was alone for 70 of the hundred miles. <laughs> It is very hard to race alone. Like yeah. that's just.
1: Especially, especially for that long. I mean, because what is that in hours for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was running like a 12 and a half average. So you're talking, yeah, a good amount of like six yeah. hours. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of. Five, six hours. A lot of alone time. Alone. And like, am I riding fast? Am I not riding fast? Is that guy catching me? Is he not catching like, Am I catching somebody? Or like, No, yeah. No yeah. match. What? I know there's no gear. There's no single speed guys in front of me. I know that. But I also, there's enough for this road that I, I probably am not going to catch the top. And I, I ended up in 12th overall of the whole race. Right. I'm not going to catch those 11 guys because they got the gears that let them get up there. Yeah. And no one's probably going to catch me. So this is just how it's going to be. So I had to monitor myself the whole time, dude. Yeah. And And uh, I came up with a new one. And so while out there, a lot of times I'll say, like, quit riding, keep racing, things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, that really wasn't working. and. Primarily because the terrain wasn't terribly hard, right? Like I could- It was mountain
1: biking, but it wasn't hard. Yeah, it wasn't like- It could I, be a mountain bike course
0: and not be hard. Yeah, like I, I don't mean to like take anything away because the the event is badass, but it's just not, it wasn't like super hard mountain biking, okay? Um, so my mantra became this. Can anybody ride a single speed faster on this part of the trail? And then I get to like the next uh, next section- can anybody ride a single speed faster than this part of the trail? And my only goal was to be able to answer that question, no, every time. Like, no, I'm riding a single speed as fast as you could here. And if I continue to answer the question that way for the rest of the race, no one will catch me. And that was really how I survived for 70 miles. I have a rule, you can't look behind you, yeah. right? Like you can't, If you look back, you're not racing, right? Um, you're trying to protect or save. We've all watched, like you watch an NFL team, like try to protect a lead. And I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing? It's not how you got here. So I don't let myself look back. However, if I go up a series of switchbacks and then maybe it banks back and now I'm on a different ridge and I can see laterally a different part of the course where I was just at, I'll look every time. (laughs) Um, So I I pretty much knew I I had it locked up if I don't do anything stupid. Well, I did something stupid. I came through a section of trail and a a tree had fallen and they cut out the section of trail. I come flying through there, and I'm like, kind of like thinking, I'm going to win this thing. Boom. Drive my fist into a log and go OTB hard. Pop back up. My hand hurts so bad, I don't want to look at it because I don't want to see the like, bones sticking out. Right. Limp <laughs> back to my bike and keep pedaling. I'm like, well, you're about to lose first place. <laughs> and keep, keep rolling. Pull it together. Towards the very end, there's this trail called Tiddlywinks. Great name. And it's a downhill-specific full send mode trail. On the pre-ride, I sent all the doubles. Like sending the doubles, doing the whoopties high on the bank, like berms, yeah. like all the fun, right? In a race, you don't do any of that shit, right? Except the one was like really a perfect double. <laughs> so I air off of it, and I pull so hard. And you and Colin make fun of me all the time because you say I don't know how to jump because I pull with my feet. My right foot comes completely unclipped, and I am as high as I can recall being in the air on my bike. And I've got like the karate kids sticking out to the side. And I'm able to somehow land it and peg my foot without shattering like my tibia, and I'm able to like stay on the bike. And I go, dude, you're really trying to lose this race. And that was the <laughs> last time I made any risks. Right. Made it through the finish line, and uh, I'm not saying I, I will go back. It was an awesome race. It's super cool environment. I think I've I've hit a good stride. It was 100 miles, and it ended up being 9600 feet elevation gain. It wasn't like that hard like in the sense that it wasn't like a dark spot I never had a dark spot I never had a you know this sucks or man can you finish this or man cramp any cramps or like hunger like there was no like real adversity uh, throughout there I mean I I I crashed twice but there wasn't like any real adversity which doesn't mean it wasn't a quality win it just means like that I finally felt what what it's like some of these riders, I go like, yeah, man, I, I raced a good race. And, yeah, everything happened exactly as I was supposed to. I, I've never had one of those before. Right. Um, I guess this maybe is how it feels. It's just super weird because I usually have to have a piece of grit. Yeah. So.
1: Did yeah. I just call it, chalk it up to evolving
0: as a bike racer? I or? mean, maybe. I, yeah. I mean, or I just got super freaking lucky. Like, I picked me, the right gear and was able just to survive it. Yeah. So, um, but it's cool, man. Two, of, two down. And, uh, Gosh, dude, you have a, the block you have right now. I don't even want to. Yeah. <laughs> Just more, 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 hundreds. But uh, so how many NUEs is that for you? So that's so far two NUEs down right. with uh, two first places, and then for the series, it's your top four finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got four more. Yeah. So Four more. And covers. Leadville because you're doing Leadville. Yeah, and Leadville.
1: Yeah. Leadville, you got four NUEs. Mm-hmm. Spicy.
0: Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of. The big pedaling happened in in August and September.
1: I keep forgetting about big sugar, which we need to cover in another episode. But like every time we talk about bike racing, I kinda overlook big sugar,
0: which I think says something. Well, here's the deal. Big sugar's gonna be a gravel race you're gonna do in October in Bentonville, Arkansas. Okay? Fair enough. Pretty cool. Whatever. It's a growing scene, it's a growing area. But then you're gonna be in fucking Costa Rica racing them <laughs> out like through the jungle. Like two weeks later. So it really is gonna be like a paled comparison. Yeah. No matter which way we dice it. Yep. Because we're going to the jungle, bro. And we're riding bikes across an entire freaking country.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, excited, uh, nervous, scared, all that. Yeah, all the things.
0: No, I remember you're effortless guy now.
1: Effortless guy.
0: Effortless. Yeah.
1: Something tells me that riding a bike through a fucking
0: jungle isn't effortless. <laughs> oh, no, when your shoes are socked up to your ankles in mud and you're... <laughs> you way up the up the ridge line there? Yeah. yeah no, there ain't going to be nothing effortless about it at that time. Um, but then you're going to drink some Coca-Cola out of, like, a baggie that you don't really know where it came from, um, and you're going to be jacked I have a food rule when I travel.
1: I kind of have a food rule in general, but I just... If it's in front of me, I eat it. When we went to Spain for Urbea, you know, in 2019, like, that was my only rule for that whole trip was, like, if you get presented with some food to eat in a different country, just eat it. And, like... For that trip, 95% of that rule paid off, and like 5% was disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, fortunately, <laughs> Costa Rica is gonna be food that you're gonna be like, I'm never leaving here. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: all right, well, I think that's gonna wrap
1: this one up as well as a lot of, a lot of stuff. Three race recaps in one episode. Yeah, but- hopefully
0: you like listening to us talk about racing, otherwise, uh, Well, we need to, you know, I think some
1: things that we've talked about that we'll have in the future is some, uh, some guest appearances from, uh, some recovery people and, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get a little bit more diverse with the content, but it's bike racing season. So you kind of just get what you get.
0: And, uh, (laughs) and we thank you for listening (laughs) to it, but if you feel left out, it's because you haven't registered for a damn event yourself. So get after it.
1: There you go. Uh, all right, guys, thanks for listening to this one. We'll talk to you soon.
0: You're You're done! So get the fuck out! You're weak! You're done! So get the fuck out!